0: I used to write down my goals daily. Goals for business, family, health. You know, some things I was actually getting close to achieving, but some things I was just falling short because you can't think things into fruition. Mm -hmm. You have to actually have and do things that actually make you get closer to that goal. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit TurningProfit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit podcast, Heather. It's so great to be here once again. Yeah,
1: I know, right? It's
0: 2024.
1: I know, I'm excited. Um... I don't know. This year, I actually am more excited than I've been in the past few years.
0: For the new year, you mean?
1: Yeah, just for like, a, you know, opportunity, possibility.
0: I'm always really, really pumped mm-hmm. at this time of the year. So that's just the way I am. I love New Year's. I love I, I love the start of every day, actually. Yeah, I was so going to say, you're always of kind of,
1: you know, you don't... I'm always ready to go. Yeah, I, I dip and, you know, you're always pretty even keel and excited and, and stuff like that. But I don't want to jinx myself. So I don't want to be like, wow, this is going to be the best year ever because...
0: You said that in 2020.
1: Shut up. I did not. I'm not taking responsibility for the <laughs> okay, dumpster I remember fire. saying
0: stuff like that. Like, this is going to be a great year. Yeah, I
1: can't wait for this year. It's going to be amazing. And then like. Uh...
0: So I think we're all a little gun shy to start saying stuff like that. But yeah. anyhow, but, I, I'm always thinking it's going to be a great year.
1: Right. So. But that's what also ties into this is that there's things that you can do that no matter what, you know, for the most part, you can't, you know, circumvent every circumstance. But in a normal even keel situation, there's things that you can do that can make it better, right? And yep. that's kind of what we've we've decided to kind of like tweak a very popular method to fit real estate agents.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, today's mm-hmm. episode is going to be...
1: I, did, I uh, said real estate agents, by the way. I didn't mean uh, that. Yeah, real, real estate, estate investors. Investors, yeah, thank you. Yeah, real estate
0: you. investors. I mean, agents fly. Today's topic for the podcast mm-hmm. is atomic habits for real estate investors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is um, a big topic at the beginning of each year. First of all, if you've never read this book, check it out. Oh
1: my gosh, did you do this?
0: No, a little story about that. This okay. is um, this is a book by James Clear. If you haven't read it, definitely check it out. The audio version is of the book is great as well. But this was a gift from my our middle daughter mm-hmm. Ashley. And I thought this was a very a very thoughtful gift. She knows I love this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Goal setting and books and self-
1: <laughs> Self-betterment, self-help yeah, kind e- of a, e- yeah, Exactly, better.
0: exactly. And mm-hmm. this book, she got it for me for either Christmas or my birthday one year. But anyhow. oh, must which, have been really special if you she can't did, remember well, when. It has been a number of years now. But what she did for me was, and I don't know if you could see this, she highlighted, uh, she went through the book, she highlighted all the important sections for me and, and then give these little tabs so I can then just go back and reference these these important parts of the book.
1: That is like such a, I don't know, what's the word? Thoughtful? Yeah, like, because that isn't just time, like, that took a lot of time. Yes. You know, because she had to read through it, then she also color-coded it with the, yeah,
0: that's Definitely. just amazing.
1: Well, another funny story on this is that I asked you last night, well, what are we going to be talking about on the podcast? And you were like, Atomic Habits and I, for real estate agents. And I was like-
0: Real estate investors. Real estate
1: inv- Why do I keep doing this? I don't know. Man. Okay. But anyway, so I, I was like, are you serious? And you're like, yeah, why? And I was like, because I'm listening to a podcast from, I can never pronounce his name. Is it Peter Attic-
0: Uh Yeah. Attica? I know what you're talking about, but I don't, Attica, I don't know. Atticus? I
1: can't. Anyways, sorry. Rude. Sorry, Peter. Yeah. I'm sure he's really, you know. Yes paying attention to this one, but anyways, he has him on, it's like a rerun of a past episode of his, James Claren. um I never, I haven't read the book, I've heard you talk about it a gazillion mm-hmm. times and stuff, but I thought atomic habits, I thought those were like, he, Like I had a complete misunderstanding. So when you're talking about this, I was like, I'm not rewriting my whole life. And then they broke it down that like, the whole reason it's atomic is because it's tiny. Like, you know, that, that was like the uh, small thing. So if you uh, don't know that too, maybe everyone else does know it, but it's small things. That you can you can kind of like what's that called where you can stack habit, Com- stack. Compa-
0: habit stacking. Habit There's stacking. a lot of constant Com- they compound over time. Small right small habits. Produce big results over time. And I
1: think that's – and the other part about that is that these are things that are like tiny things that you can do, but they'll have like a huge you know, explosive event or a, a effect on your life. Yeah. Anyways, so I'm excited about this because I have no idea what you have on our little oh, cheat okay. sheet. okay. Well, so.
0: yes. I prepare an outline for every single one of these episodes, and I actually put in a lot of effort into doing these.
1: Yeah, and I never read them until we sit down. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. It's fresher for me. I, I don't like to pre –
0: Yes.
1: Because then I get like, you know, I overthink my – Responses.
0: Yeah, well, it helps me clarify my thoughts, and and also so we don't miss the types of things that I want to be covering.
1: Right. Okay. So Let's first of all,
0: in. I think this book is very actionable mm-hmm. for real estate investors, and we're going to kind of go over how those things are at the concept <laughs> of the book are actionable.
1: Can so. I have the book really quick? Of course. Well, while you start that off. I'm, I I want to see if I can just pick Get one. Read it quick. Yeah. Exactly. I just <laughs> just wait. Have you seen that one thing where the it's like this little girl and she's like um, doing this, like she has a test. She's a tiny little girl, and then. You know, she's absorbing the whole book. And then she just starts like crying and weeping as she's going through it. Really? No,
0: I have not seen that. Oh,
1: my God. It's adorable, but it's also like, I don't know. It's just kind of sad, but it's also funny. But go on.
0: Okay. All right. So, first of all, this time of the year, beginning of 2024 here... Already, Did you want to say something? I
1: already picked out something I love. And this okay. is, We talked about this earlier, though, but this is like, I think I can quote a little bit in his book. But I um, mean, just says, I have never seen someone consistently stick to positive habits in a negative environment. Mic drop. There we yeah.
0: go. We're going to be talking about environment. Oh, are you serious? That's a big part of it. Yeah. That's
1: funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I'm going to read it. I'm going to steal it, actually, now that the work's all done for yeah, me. Yeah,
0: it's it's great. It's uh, it's very actionable. That's why I like that book so much. It's mm-hmm. very actionable and, and can produce real results in your life, not just theory. You know, I used to, I used to set lots of goals. I've always set goals, Mm -hmm. not always, but, you know, for my adult life, pretty much I've set goals. And there's been years where I haven't come close to hitting those goals. And in hindsight, I know why. It's because I didn't actually do the things that I needed to do in order to make those goals happen. That's the biggest concept of the book, really. Goals are great. They're your North Star. They're your guiding principle, where you want to go, your destination, whatever you want to call it. But the important thing is to actually put the habits in place to make sure those goals are actually realized.
1: Remember one other thing. He gave an example of like... um Like you're thinking like it's not even about you don't have to do like, okay. I mean, if you're going to lose weight, you want to eat like, okay. I need to exercise more. I need to do this kind of stuff. And he talked about this one person that lost. It was like a huge amount of money. Uh, Wait, not money. What (laughs) am I doing here? I don't know. But they were talking. She would say to herself, like when she would go to eat or whatever, what would a healthy person eat? Hmm. And I just realized that like as you're making decisions, maybe you have this on your sheet sheet, but like what would a real estate investor, what would a successful real estate investor do?
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, Like
1: even just changing your mindset like about it. Anyways, OK, I'm excited because.
0: Yeah, yeah. good. It's all good stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, so so essentially goals, you know, goals are big at this time of the year, at the beginning of the year. And I thought this would be really actionable right now to actually give you those tools to make sure that you actually achieve those goals by the end of the year or whatever your time frame is that mm-hmm. you have for these goals. So we kind of tailored the concept of this book. To real estate investors and not just land flippers like we do. we do land flipping, we do some other real estate investing as well. But the, these types of concepts are in you know uh, invaluable, I think, to any real estate investor no matter what your niche is. So we're just going to dive into it. Um, first of all, the most important, Part of goal setting is is setting that plan, uh, putting a plan in place in order to get there. So you got to put that plan in place. Now, for us, you know, I'm just I'll share my goal for mm-hmm. this year. Our, our main goal for our land flipping business is to do twenty million dollars in revenue in 2024. Last year we ended up doing uh, just shy of 8.2 million, and my goal was 10 million. So you know, didn't quite hit our goals, but we came pretty close. Now that I've got that goal, you know, 20 million dollars in revenue in 2024, how am I going to make that happen? First of all, you have to kind of reverse engineer things, and we talk about that all the time. Like, all right, so what am I going to have to do in order to, to hit those types of numbers that I'm going to want to hit?
1: Right. Like, what so, would it look like? What actual steps or, or some sort of directional? A lot of people, I think, do that. They'll be like, I want to be a millionaire, or I want to have a million dollars in the bank, which, mm-hmm. by the way, is not the same as it used to be 20 mm-hmm. years ago, right? right? But they don't actually take any sort of step. Like, it's that's great. But like, okay, how are you going right. to do how it? How
0: are you going to make that happen? What's but, the plan here, but I
1: think a lot of people like kind of kick themselves over that. Like, mm-hmm. I, my goal was a million dollars, or my goal was this or that, and or 50 transactions, or whatever, and they don't actually have a logical way to do it, right? So, you're you, that's failure right there.
0: I used to write down my goals daily, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd have goals for business, family, health, mm-hmm. you know, and I would write down those goals daily, and you know, some things I was actually getting close to achieving, and and but some things I was just falling short because it was just kind of that that affirmation part i guess was there like i would think about it and but you can't think things into fruition mm-hmm. you have to actually have and do things that actually make you Uh, get closer to that goal. Right. So so you're saying
1: you have to actually take the steps too. So it's about identifying. And I think he has like four principles or something, right? Yeah.
0: We're going to go through the different, different principles here. You know,
1: I only listened to like a pie an hour of this podcast. I'm like the expert now. Okay.
0: Well, good, good. You should read the book too. Yeah. I think, I think think you get a lot of it. Now that
1: it's been highlighted. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Anyhow. Come on. Yeah. So, you know, you got to reverse engineer that to make that happen. In Mm -hmm. our case in with real estate investors, most for most uh, Niches within real estate investing, it all comes down to the leads. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get those leads coming in. And if you can take care of those leads coming in, if you can if you can be very consistent about your lead generation, however that comes, everything else is going to take care of itself.
1: Well, I want to reiterate that time. I've talked about it, how I told you we were going to do that cross-country road trip. Was it 2021?
0: 2021, yes. Yeah,
1: and I was like, hey, let's, we need a break. You know, it's first time leaving. Let's shut off the the pipeline, right? Mm -hmm. And you did it because you listened to me, which was your first mistake. And then how long did it take? It took like more time than it did the first time to get it back up and going. You know, it just shows that you have to have, and if that's with any sort of real estate investing, if you're an agent, if you're a broker, whatever, you know that you have to have like, okay, you don't want to be like, okay, I closed this deal. Now it's time to drum up another thing. No, because then that's three, six months later. Like you need to, while you're working on closing a deal, you need to already have, okay, what's one that's ready to go into market and one that you're negotiating with and one that you're you know prospecting, and one that you're sending. I don't think people understand that. It's like, okay, get through this one. Like, okay, now what? Yeah. Unless that's your business model. Because we have talked about people who do that. It's seasonal. It's once a year. They're cool with that. That's that fits their goals, right? Yep. But for most people, they need that.
0: Yeah. So, so the the lead generation for real estate investors is really the most important thing that you can be focusing on. And you have enough leads, and you have enough deal flow coming in, then you are going to give yourself a chance to hit those types of numbers. Now, when I say <laughs> enough, uh, you need to be doing the math, like and figure out how many leads you need to be have coming in in order to do the type of revenue that you want as your goal. So. I don't know what those are because it's different for every type of niche and every t- every investor. You mm-hmm. know, for instance, for us, you know, over this last year, our average revenue per deal was just shy of about $100,000. So, I know, continue to do those types of deals, I'm probably going to have to do 200 land flips that are about $100,000 in revenue each. So, I've got goals for gross profit and other things as well, but just to kind of keep it simple, you know, that big revenue number I know that I'm going to have to generate a certain number of deals to allow me to actually close 200 deals in a year. Right, so,
1: and then you're like, okay, so how, many, how much mail do I have to send out? Or how, right, how, how much mail do you, I
0: have to send right. out? How much money do I have to spend in pay-per-click? Mm-hmm. How, many, how, how much do we have to spend in cold calling in order to make that all happen? You need to do those numbers obviously yourself to figure out, you know, first of all, you gotta figure out what those numbers are, and if you don't know the numbers, maybe try to figure out what the, the industry averages are. And uh, do your best to kind of reverse engineer to figure out what type of activity you need to put in place in order to get that, hit those goals.
1: Right, and also so. like if you're brand new to it right this second, get going and change it in three months. Right. See how where that's kind of like laying for you, and then in another three months, like keep altering that because as you get closer to the end of the year and hitting your goal, or if it's maybe it's not a twelve month thing, but whatever, you 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 can keep adjusting it. It doesn't whatever the number is right here, whatever you have to do today, as you get smarter, make your system smarter.
0: Yeah. Want to learn the secret to building a thriving land-flipping business? Head on over to landconquest.com and join over 2,000 passionate land flippers leveraging the power of community to scale quickly. Sign up for free at landconquest.com. All right, let's get back to the show. And, you know, most investors, many investors that I run into, they have one main source of lead generation, Mm -hmm. you know, for the stage of business that they're in. It could be direct mail, could be cold calling, it could be text messaging, whatever it is, figure out what that number is, reverse engineer, figure out what that number is, put a system in place to put those, those habits in place, meaning, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to send out a hundred thousand letters a month, or I'm going to spend 20,000 a month in pay-per-click, or I'm going to, you know, send out 200,000 texts a month, whatever, whatever that number is, make sure you do the math first. And then be ultra consistent about doing those habits to make it possible to actually reach those goals that you're trying to hit.
1: Right. Because so. I see on your calendar, you have it like, okay, it's time to purchase another bulk mailing. It's time yep. to approve address, whatever, you know? And if it's on the calendar, it's kind of like, well, we have to do it. Yep. You know, you just have told yourself that's just how it's going to be. I think that's really important because there's a lot of times you could be like, I'm super busy today. I'm just going to push it off to tomorrow. Or That's, that's an
0: easy a, thing to right, do. right?
1: Or that's a chunk of money,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know? And is that that makes me then committed to. Well, we both have agreed on this date we're spending this money. Yeah. Even though it works and everything, I fight myself. And I talk about that before because if you have my kind of personality, it is a str- you it's working. And when we closed it, I'm like, gosh, we should be doing even more advertising. And then push comes to shove. I'm like, it's a lot of money for, you know, for advertising. It's like uh, shooting myself in the foot. So if you have my personality, you need to just be dedicated. I am going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. Of course, make changes if it doesn't work or tweaks, you know, along the way. Um, The other thing too, that I really like that we've talked about a lot is that we'd like direct mail, right? It works. It's really good. But we're, but we're very aware that, things can change things instantly or, or the stuff can change very quickly. And so that's why we've, we've branched out. We made a big point of it last year to branch out and find other ways to generate leads.
0: Yeah, for instance, so this year, I mean, we've been at the tail end of 2023. I was like,
1: this year, I'm like, it's worth well, yes. you, know. <laughs>
0: we, we've, uh, we put a lot of effort into kind of expanding our lead generation. You know, mm-hmm. first of all, we are experimenting with pay-per-click, which is going really well. We're experimenting with cold calling. And then we also opened up our Partner with Pete program, mm-hmm. Where we're partnering with other investors, so uh, and then that's in addition to our all of our direct mail efforts, which we're continuing to do. So all of those different uh, avenues are going to combine to, you know, bring us a lot more deal flow and get us to that twenty million dollars in revenue goal.
1: Right. I'll so. do a little plug really quick. Mm. I'll, I'll do it more condensed than um, than you can even. Partner with Pete is just where if you are an investor and you get a deal and you don't have the money or you want someone else to fund it. Pete will fund it for you. That's right. And not just that, it's not just about the money, but he uses his whole team or our whole team and they will do everything from, you know, purchase it to close and then share the profits.
0: Yep, exactly. And
1: we fund it if there's any incidentals that come up, like it needs grading or it needs this or whatever. Yeah. Did I cover that? You did. Well? You did. Just you go simply to, go
0: to partnerwithpeat.com. Thank
1: you. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's important too, as you get into this, any sort of real estate investing, think about where you're getting leads from, see if there's other avenues that you can, you know, build up just so that you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. Along the same lines though, if you're a real estate investor, maybe you're a flipper or maybe you're into other types of real estate investing, look at land flipping. Um, I think that if you have that personality where it's kind of you enjoy that kind of fun, you're good at valuing, or you want to learn to do this stuff, it's a great avenue mm-hmm. to look into.
0: Yeah, there's a book that I'm actually listening to right now. I'm not done with it yet. It's called Ready, Fire, Aim. Okay. And it's, it a, very, really it's a very interesting book. It talks about different stages of business. Mm-hmm. So, in, you know, uh, the author of that book is talking about, you know, the zero to $1 million in revenue stage is kind of like the, the infancy stage of a business. Mm-hmm. And then one to ten million dollars is the is the adolescent stage of the mm-hmm. business, and then and then ten to fifty, I think, is the next. in anyhow, regardless, um, the zero to one million stage is just about you know he talks about one product, you know, just selling, learn how to sell one product, learn how to generate money for in one way. So for for us as real estate investors, that generally means like one lead generation source and and one specific niche of real estate investing. Mm-hmm. Now in order to get from that one to $10 million stage, a lot of times you need to have more products to sell. Now, obviously as a real estate investors, we don't have more products, but we do have different ways of bringing in revenue within the same niche. Even uh, can be, for instance, we can have new ways of lead generation, but we can also sell different types of properties within it. You know, we could start doing lot splits. We Mm -hmm. could start doing other types of properties that we haven't been focused on uh, before. So. Getting from that one to ten million dollars stage is kind of where we're at right now. We're almost there, and then from there, it's about really building out systems and teams and everything like that to make everything as efficient as possible, and and doubling down from there.
1: Right, and I guess if you're just started, two things that that kind of piqued my interest in that is that I think telling a lot of people, you know, the one to ten million is a baby thing. It probably seems <laughs> unrealistic, or I don't know, not unrealistic, but like I'd be happy with. Uh-huh. Like, how could I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even imagine getting over 1 million or something. And you'd be surprised though, in this business, it's, I mean, it's not easy to scale, but it's easy to scale mm-hmm. in the sense of that You're just repeating the same kind of thing and you're adding new techniques and stuff. Yep. And the other thing too, is like, why not you, you know, like I could why never not? do that, but I hear that all the time. Like, There's some people that come in gung-ho and they're just that whatever you, they're you optimistic or whatever. And then there's people more like me that are more pessimistic, like, ah, that would probably be a lot of work. I don't know, all this kind of stuff. Why not? Why not you? Especially if you are, if it's fun. I think that's the other thing. They're talking about that people who have fun doing something where it sounds enjoyable, even if a little scary, have that huge advantage over people who don't. Actually, I think that was him talking about that too in Mm -hmm. that same podcast so if any of this piques your interest i mean if you're a real estate investor in other ways i think that you would once you get into this rabbit hole you'd find it extremely exciting you did Mm -hmm. you've done a bunch of different or we i guess have done a bunch of different types of real estate investing but this seems like the most fun you've had oh yeah
0: it's fun and that's that's part of the concept behind our brand land conquest yes we want to make it fun land it's a game yeah you know Mm-hmm. So if it's enjoyable, you know, I love deals. I love buying and selling properties. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, it's fun. And it's fun for you when you get the wire transfer.
1: That's exactly true.
0: Not fun when you send it out, as we've talked about before. No, but, but
1: I'm getting better. Okay. I'm getting better. And you always say, oh, you make money when you buy, which is true. And I, like, just want to flip you off when you say that and be like, I make money when you ever when You ever think about sell. all
0: the properties that we own all across the country?
1: No, because I, I talk about that, too, because I don't want to... Fall in love with them or the little cute animals on them.
0: Yes. I think about that sometimes. I, I probably don't think about it enough, but mm-hmm. I mean, we own at this point probably thousands of acres mm-hmm. all across the country in many, many different areas. Well, and I can, I just think about this sometimes. I'm like, that land is just sitting there. We own it. And You know, no one has a clue who owns it probably or or anything like that. It's just, I don't know. It's just interesting. I don't don't know what my thoughts are about that, but I just think it's interesting. I don't really grasp that sometimes.
1: It'll come up. Sometimes we'll be talking to people and they'll say some random place in like some state and You'll be like, I think I own land there. I, yeah, yeah, I do, I own. Well, talk, Maddie will be like, oh yeah, that's like 78 acres. Yeah, we own 78 acres there. People are like, oh, Okay, you didn't really know you had 78 acres, that's interesting. Because most people that own land, they, it's an emotional attachment. Right. It's, it, land doesn't necessarily make money every day, right? right? Unless you're farming it or something. So if someone's intentionally, but you know about your land, mm-hmm. you know where your land is, whatever, and we're just like, it sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. <laughs> I, think
0: I, I think I used to own a property uh-huh. there. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Moving on, right? It's an
0: interesting business. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Really, right. Really but cool then business. you know,
1: because you know, maybe someone who sold shoes would know. Maybe they wouldn't know their whole inventory. Maybe that makes sense too. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else do you got for me?
0: Basically, you know, to recap a little bit, you need to reverse engineer those numbers, figure out, you know, where you need to be in order to 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 make the lead generation happen. That's the most important part of of real estate investing in order to, to make your business move forward, to figure out the lead generation side mm-hmm. and be ultra, ultra habitual, atomic habits, mm-hmm. about about your lead generation activities. If, if you don't if you don't worry about anything else, just worry about those that lead generation coming in. Believe me, things will take everything will take care of itself.
1: I always think that's when we talk about that people are like, "Yeah, but well, no. If people are calling you, they're emailing you, you're going to feel a you have to respond. So as long as you get those leads coming in, they're going to push you to take the next steps. Right. I mean, like, unless you're just like, um, well, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously you got to still do other uh-huh. stuff in the business, but But things come so much easier when Mm -hmm. instead of getting one call every two weeks about a potential deal and you're gonna fight hard to make that work, when you get 100 leads coming in over two weeks, you can actually pick the good deals and move forward with those rather than-
1: Forcing yourself into- Forcing a deal. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, which we talk about don't That's where you
0: get into problems. Mm -hmm. So So anyhow, define the habits you need to do in order to hit your goals. They could be the calls made, text messages sent, number of offer letters sent, whatever it is, define that, Mm -hmm. put a, uh, systematized approach in place for that. Every two weeks, I'm going to send out this amount of mail or, or whatever the case is. Focus on that, and everything else will take care of itself.
1: Yep. Okay, the next section you talk about, um, as a real estate investor, it's easy to focus on the other stuff in your business, like perfecting your website, talking with other investors, researching the next big niche in investing, etc. But none of that really matters unless you have deals coming in. I guess what you're saying is like, it's all about the deals.
0: It's all about, I mean, everything Mm -hmm. is about the deals. An abundance of deals makes everything work.
1: Right. And I do, I understand that section too, because I can see myself being like, okay, well, I got to work on this on the website or I Mm -hmm. need to do this or I need to write another post for whatever. And okay, that's great. And yes, you should do it. But the priority should always be the deals coming in. Right. So if you're like, I only have two hours today because I've got to go do X, Y, Z and I'm going to be gone. Where do I put that? You want to put that. That stuff is passive. Push that aside, right? right. That's, and,
0: that's level three priority stuff.
1: Right. And you could do that at midnight. Like mm-hmm. if you really needed to get it done, that's fine. You need to be focusing on this during normal business hours so that when the leads are coming in, you're working on getting more leads and, you know, kind of do that time blocking, which you also have talked about mm-hmm. in the past.
0: Yeah. Lead generation and putting mm-hmm. those deals together. So some more really key concepts in the book that can be applicable to real estate investors or really achieving anything in your life. We're just going to kind of go through those. First of all, your habits are your new identity. Mm-hmm. It's like once you put those habits in place, like you are the type of you are the type of investor that gets your lead generation out. Like that's who you are. Like that has to become you in order for it to stick. I right. mean, like you're the type of person that makes sure you get, you know, five hundred calls in a week. Like you are not the type of person that puts that off or doesn't make it happen. Like you are the type of person that makes that happen. Or you are the type of person that never misses a mailing every two weeks. You know? Right. Like, that's who you are. That has to become part of your identity.
1: When he was talking about he was talking about the, you know, if a lot of people are offered cigarettes and one person would say like, oh, I don't smoke. And the other person would be like, I'm trying to quit. Yeah. Um, okay, so instead of being... A, I'm trying to quit. You should be like, I don't smoke.
0: Yeah, I'm not that's a smoker. Your
1: identity. I, I'm not a smoker. And so your thing should be like, when you look at that, you're like, I'm the type of person that gets this done. I'm a professional real estate investor, which means that I send these out. Right. So it's not even a question if you're going to do it because that That's would, who you are. Yeah, and, and exactly. And I think that's a really big, it seems kind of silly, but it's kind of like when you actually let that sink in, like I'm a real estate investor, a professional, a mm-hmm. uh, successful real estate right. investor. And I have f- three hours this morning, what should I do? And I'm going to look at my list of things, and one of them's like, I don't know, what's something frivolous people might do? They're going to go get uh, coffee. Rework their logo. Yeah, yeah, okay, there, there <laughs> we go. Yeah, they're, No, they're going to do their logo themselves
0: uh-huh, right.
1: instead of hiring somebody that actually has right. skill that can get it done. I'm going to work on my logo, and I'll send out the mailing later. Mm-hmm, no, right. a professional, successful real estate investor is going to be like, I need to find someone to make this logo. When I have time, my logo is fine. No one really is that hung up on it. I'm going to send this stuff out because that's what professional real estate investors do.
0: That's right. That's who you are. Mm -hmm. And that has to become your new identity. So uh, believe me, the habits will stick if you convince yourself that that's who you are.
1: You know what? I think that even putting that that frame, like if you get an email, we talk about sometimes you send mail out to somebody and they're like, you're a jerk. My property's worth $5 billion and you offered me $1 billion or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh And you say, because you're intuitively, it like it feels like a kick in the gut, and you're kind of like, oh no, what am I going to do? And if you said, well, I'm a professional real estate investor, what do I do? Say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even notice that that property is so fantastic. I love that for you. It looks like, you know, ignore my offer. Have a nice day, right? Yeah, yeah. A professional real estate investor is not going to be like, oh gosh, <laughs> Sally from wherever, oh, uh-huh. no. I quit. I'm not doing it again. They're going to be like, oh, okay, no big deal. It's kind of like that whole mind shift change. What is my problem today? I don't know. If anything, though, like when you're doing this business stuff, just if it's not important, let it go and focus on sending the leads out and closing the deals, right?
0: Correct. Boost your land flipping earnings with our new Land Conquest business system. It's designed for efficiency and effectiveness. This cutting edge software tool is your key to success in the land flipping industry. Streamline and automate your operations to scale your business to new heights. With our system, you get a customizable website with six professional templates to choose from, up to five dedicated phone numbers, each with their own chosen area codes for creating a trustworthy local presence. And as a bonus, you'll get a $25 credit for SMS and email sends. You'll also get access to our tech team to build any automations or customizations that you want. And not to mention, we've got a great dedicated community to the Land Conquest business system to help us all thrive together. And with every step of the way, you get our 24 seven live chat support. But that's not all, you'll also gain access to our exclusive community to connect and grow with fellow land flippers. Seize the opportunity to transform your business. Visit software.landconquest.com to check out the Land Conquest business system and unlock the next stage of your land flipping success. Okay, so next section, Heather, (laughs) environmental design. So what that means is your environment is the one of the most important determinants of success mm-hmm. and, and actually being able to successfully meet your habits that you've established. So classic example of this, yesterday, you helped me all morning rework my environment.
1: I did. Yeah, that's yes, true.
0: My office. So got some kind of new stuff, a new whiteboard and some other things, mm-hmm. but anyhow- Heather's for a while been trying to talk me into kind of rearranging my office. I was a little hesitant. I don't like sometimes change in my workspace and everything like that. But I, but I felt that Heather knew what she was talking about. So she helped me reorganize my office and it feels amazing. Well, thank you. Yes. Um,
1: can I give you another classic example sure. of that? Is somebody who is an alcoholic. Mm. Okay. And they go to rehab. They, they're doing amazing. They've kicked the habit. They're done with it. And then they go... Back to their same friends, back to their same home, back to their same bar. Right. And are expected to not be an alcoholic.
0: Right. They're just going to drink Coca-Cola when they go into the bar. yeah, Right. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're setting themselves up for failure.
1: Right. And I know that's like a drastic dramatic, whatever kind of example. So on, on that scale, it's like, if you are surrounded by people and environment, that's not conclusive with getting stuff done. And that can even be like just family or that are friends that don't respect your time. Like I'm working right now. And they're like, Oh, but could you go get some coffee? That sounds like more fun. You're like, I'm working right now. Mm, you, you know, that could be it. Or it could be on the less extreme where it's kind of like you are in an environment that seems to be working, but there's ways that could be fine-tuned so that you could. Be more comfortable and get more done, which would be your office. Mm -hmm. So there's the two extremes. Like if you're surrounding yourself with people who are not going the way you're going or are actually hurting your success chances, you need to. It doesn't mean you can't be friends with them, but it's all about setting the boundaries. This is my work time. And that might mean shutting everything down. It might be locking a door. It might be being serious. Like this is my work time and setting yourself up for success in that side. And then actual workspace that works for you Mm -hmm. where you have all the tools you need It would be like saying, Pete, we need to track, you know, how we're doing, but you can't have spreadsheets. You can't have a whiteboard, no tracking software. No, you know what I mean?
0: Like personally, I have to be in an area that, that inspires me. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in an area, you know, we've, we've lived uh, in a lot of different places and everything. And some of the places we lived are super, super inspiring, especially where we live now. I love it. You know, it's, it's a, it's a great atmosphere. And I notice my productivity is always better in when I'm in a a place that's inspiring to me.
1: Right. It's clean. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that we were like dirty, but I mean like organized. Right? It's everything in its place. There's no clutter. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can be that like, it's kind of hard to tell people like, okay, you need a new environment to be successful when it's like, what am I going to sell my house and move? No. So you do what you can do. Right. And that means like, Get take everything out of your office or your defined space. It could be a corner in your bedroom. No one cares doing this business, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like you could be doing this literally from a bathroom, and no one would care. No. You know, the people buying and selling do not care. Work with what you can. Get take everything out of it, and then add back in things that um that are that you need, and then ask yourself that you know what was that Marie Kondo or whatever was like? Does it spark joy? She holds up something like, does this spark joy? No, get rid of it. Okay, I do something like that. You know, I even. If you can't have like, you have an incredible view of the ocean right now, but put a picture up. It could be your screensaver on your computer, like something that brings you joy or even just centers you like your family, a picture of your family or, or whatever it is. It seems kind of, these sound stupid, but they make a huge difference. It's, it's all about mindset just as much as your habits, because you're going to follow your habits if your if your mind's in the right place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, and you were talking about that. That was a great example with the alcoholic going back to, to where they were. And, you know, in those cases, it's probably best that they actually ditch those friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, those
1: aren't, so, uh, not that those people are trying to mm-hmm. screw them over, but they're not, they're not right. healthy. They're, they're always
0: going to hold them back. So right. if there's people you've identified in your life that are always holding you back mm-hmm.
1: or trigger maybe you, consider
0: those relationships. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. Even if that person is, you have shared history, even if, if they're doing great and you're doing great, it might be one of those things like, hey, let's, we can touch in once a year if you can, but. You know, maybe it's better for both people not to, Mm -hmm. you know, I think they say that about like other things, like, um, people getting out of jail. Like you can't go back to this, like if they're in gangs and stuff, Yeah,
0: you don't want to go back to the old neighborhood because you're just, you know, putting yourself back in it again.
1: Right. And at risk of people like forcing you to do things.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: That's probably why it's, I mean, you think, oh, just stop being in a gang. It's not so simple.
0: Yeah. They did a study and I think this was in the book is where I heard this, um, they did a study of Vietnam vets when they came back yes. and a large percentage uh-huh. of them were addicted to heroin mm-hmm. and they were trying to determine if it, if the heroin itself mm-hmm. was, was super addictive, which I'm sure it is, but, or was it a lot of it related mm-hmm. to the environment? And most of them. It
1: was 90%. I literally yeah, just heard that study this morning. Yeah.
0: Most of them were able to, to break the habit, to, to break the addiction to mm-hmm. it. Uh, just by changing their environment. Right,
1: because it wasn't a true habit per se. It was a survival technique. Mm-hmm. And then once they came back to their family and friends that were healthy and didn't know them as such, they weren't that person anymore. Like right. they were a different person. Back and that's to the exactly identity it. thing. Right. Like I don't, yeah. I'm, you know. I'm
0: not a drug addict. No, yeah.
1: I'm Heather. I have this family, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they probably never were, even though they were drug addicts, they were survivalists in a right. very bad situation. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The other thing, okay, tracking and accountability. So this is a big, very big concept for me. I've always been really big on tracking. If you know anything about our content, I track all of our important metrics in our business every single month at turningprofit.com, you know, like revenue, gross profit, number of sales, all that kind of stuff. So. I track that stuff to keep me motivated and keep me on track. I know that I'm being accountable to my numbers and to my results and everything like that. And it keeps me moving in the direction that I want to be moving in. So I think that it's very important for real estate investors to be tracking all the important metrics of their business and stay true to it. You know, like if you're, if you're falling short, you're going to see, you know, and then you can adjust accordingly.
1: You can't, what do you always say? You can't measure, you can't improve what you can't measure. Yeah,
0: you can't improve what you can't measure. Yeah,
1: And that's. That's just the truth. Your next thing is involve family, which I kind of jumped in a little Mm, on there. Yes. For the good and for the bad, right? Mm -hmm. So I like that you say involve their family. Like for us, it's worked out perfectly. You and I personally and then also our daughters are very involved. We don't force a thirteen year old to, to do any
0: <laughs> one of these days I think she'll be interested. She's but motivated. she's you
1: know No, she's motivated by money. Yes, she is. It just has to identify what her what's fun for her. You know, I don't want her to be like thirteen and gotta <laughs> gotta boot up the computer before school today so I get my work hours. Right,
0: loaded. I understand. Uh, you know.
1: No, having said that, she does do work for us and she has for mm-hmm. years now. And she's paid for that. And she does but not on this business necessarily and not in this way. Right. She's very organized. So see what your children are good good for, no, good with, (laughs) that they enjoy and see if they want to do that. Same with your spouse or your partner.
0: I mean, I think that's a big part of our success because Mm -hmm. we're able to work together. And obviously we always talk about this. We have different skill sets, So it's division of labor. There's certain things you're good at. There's certain things I'm good at. And we try not to step on each other's toes and we work together to kind of move the ship forward.
1: Neither of us have huge egos if it means something to the other one a lot. Well, I do. That's true. I'm just joking. I mean, (laughs) that's funny. No, but like if it's important to you or it's super important to me, we just go, whatever. It's just not a big deal. And yes, if they're willing to help, but also ask them to help you accountable. Mm -hmm. And also help them or ask them to help you by not. Uh, by giving you space when needed or help define what can I do to help the families so that I, you know, now so that I can have these two hours to work on this business, show them the success, show them what you're doing. Yep. I think let them make them understand what you're doing. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. It's easy to say like, I need two hours by myself. Don't interrupt me when you you're, you know, partners yeah. with like screaming kids. But if you're saying this is what I'm doing, this is how it's working. This is, you know, yeah. and ask for their advice. A lot of people have a lot of stuff to help with.
0: Yeah. And you can involve them too. And you're, you're, your main habits that you need to establish, and if you need any support with that, helping you know helping you achieve those things, you know, maybe they can help keep you on track. The other thing, uh, small habits compound over time. So this is kind of the concept, uh, you know, the the whole atomic habits concept. You know, it's it's those small little habits that you do over and over and over again that compound over time to produce big results. And uh, you know, it's just like you know compound interest. It's it's the same thing. It's like You know, you may not notice in the short term, you know, how these small things are are making changes. But over the long term, it's going to be uh, an astounding amount of progress. Could be anything, you know, it could be any small habits that are, you know, you put in place to kind of improve your life or to improve your business or whatever it is. But but doing those small things over time will have big results in the end. So Mm -hmm. uh, small habits compounder have done. So I'll let you do the next one.
1: No, no, this is, um, I I was just going to introduce it because you're really good at explaining it. But it's like my favorite one is the habit stacking. Like I use this in stupid ways. Like I always forget to take medicine. I cannot remember to take medicine. Like I don't know what it is there's just not, I put on my calendar and I just, it's easy to be like, dismiss, I'll do it later, whatever. So I do it as part of like, okay, I brush my teeth and I have to take my medicine, which means that sometimes I brush my teeth, you know, three times, uh, you know, in an evening, because I'm like, I'm going to eat something else. I have to brush them again, but that I'm. it's important to, you know what I mean? And I actually stole that whole thing from you. It was like, oh. I refill my, I'm, you know, 500 years old now. So I have a little like thingy with the days of the week, you know, and um, I fill it up on Sundays. Yep. It's part of my Sunday morning r- routine. Same thing. I check the, as far as business goes, I check our bank accounts every morning at a certain time while I'm drinking coffee. I, and I don't deviate from that. So I keep one thing on top of another and I'll see a bunch of Slack messages come in and I will not look at them. I mean, for the most part, until I have those habits stacked. Cause it's so important. Cause if I break that chain, it's like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I'll check with you. Do I have any wires to send out? We have systems in place, but I'll double check. You know, okay, once I do this, then I look at, okay, what wires are coming in, what wires are coming out. Like it builds on top of each other until you have something that's, it's not even a habit. It's not even anything. It's just, is like, it's just what you do. It is. Like you sit down, like I can't drink coffee now without checking balances or whatever, moving money around. I think that's just ingenious. Like if you can do it and it seems stupid, like, you know, brush my teeth, take a medicine. Like it doesn't seem that big of an effect, but yet without doing that, I could die. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, I mean, not that dramatically, but my quality of life would be less. What are some of the ways that you do that?
0: Well, I do, I use it in many different ways in my life. You know, a lot of them related to health mm-hmm. and my fitness and things like that. Like for instance, you know, drinking water, like I, before, before, <laughs> I, I, before I even start, you know, I'll walk into the kitchen to like mm-hmm. make my lunch or anything. But like the first thing, Every single time before I'm eat or anything like that, I I chug the same amount of water each time. You know, it's just like how I make sure I get my I stay hydrated. Like I do that uh, at certain times of the day. It's just kind of non negotiable. It's just like, a, like Do you a,
1: drink water when you're like eating lunch?
0: Generally, no. Generally, I'll just chug a whole thing of water right and then before, huh? Right before. Yeah, I was just thinking about yeah. that. I'm like, I don't remember you taking. Yeah, I don't really like sip it while I'm eating lunch a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but anyhow. And then you know, for instance. Uh, You know, I'll get coffee and Mm -hmm. then the next thing I go brush my teeth and then I do this and I do that. Like, and over the years I've just added like little things here and there, but it wouldn't have happened if I would have just said, okay, I gotta make sure to do my stretching or something like that every day. Right. Like, the only way I actually get it done every single day is because I do it at the exact same time every day. After something else that I've already had in my routine. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get to cook my coffee and then I start stretching while I'm listening to an audiobook or something like that. Like, right. it's just part of my routine, you know? And then, like, I wanted at some point, like many years back, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do 50 air squats every mm-hmm. single morning. And I've been able to do that for a long, long time now, just because I'm like, okay, as soon as I get done with my stretching, I'm going to do my air squats. I don't even think about it; like, I just do it. You right.
1: Know? It's just who you are and what you do.
0: Right. Like so. And I've mm-hmm. added tons of like, if you if I wrote out all my different routines and mm-hmm. habits and things, it would be kind of crazy, I think, to a lot of people. But I've been able to, and these are all positive things. So, I've been able to add a lot of positive things that have produced great results for me. I'm just by doing this habit stacking hack.
1: It's like a big key to getting stuff done. Is when you when it's. So second nature that you're not thinking about it it's yeah. just what you do but the funny thing is if either of us get thrown from our schedules it's like
0: <laughs> yeah it's very it's very uh-huh. upsetting it's yes. like
1: chaos like mm-hmm. You know, I got interrupted mid morning, um, getting stuff done, and then I remember that I was like, "Why is it? why didn't this get done?" Like, "Oh my god," because I didn't think to go back to it. Because I'm, it's ten o'clock now, and ten o'clock Heather doesn't do six o'clock Heather things or whatever. Yes, you know what I mean. Five thirty Heather is not the same person as eleven thirty Heather. So, <laughs> I think it's it's interesting. It's one of those things just understanding yourself and knowing if you're the type. Maybe there's some people who are like, "If I just have a list of five things I have to get done every day, it's no big deal." But that's unrealistic.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, habit stacking, if, if you're not doing that, definitely incorporate in the You that even put team. on
1: here, if you're. Uh, example, brush your teeth, take your vitamins. That's funny. Yeah. Like I wasn't even like, that's hilarious. I didn't even read that. That's one of the
0: easiest ones. Okay. Like most yeah. people brush their teeth every day. At least I hope you do. If not, you need to get that habit in right. place <laughs> like first. That. Let's
1: start with the, the basics. <laughs> but,
0: but the basics, you know, most people brush their teeth every day. So why not add something right after mm-hmm. that, you know? Yeah.
1: The only problem is one of my medicines tastes really bad and I've had to like suck it up that it's going to just mm. taste bad with toothpaste flavor, mm. but, okay. but don't let that stop you. Okay. And <laughs> don't do orange juice after... Brushing After your brushing
0: teeth, teeth, yeah. Well, I just don't do orange juice. No. In summary, uh, as a real estate investor, the mm-hmm. most important part of the business is getting deal flow. You know, right. That's, that's really what it all comes back to. So establish those non-negotiable habits to get that deal flow coming in, those leads coming in, and your business will grow exponentially. I just want to kind of wrap it up with that because a lot of these concepts are great and everything like that. But as a real estate investor... The main thing you need to focus in on is that lead lead flow and deal flow. So just just get the deals coming in, and your business will thank you for it. Show your bank account.
1: Yeah, seriously. Um, I was I was like prime up the questions that we're going to ask in this next segment whenever. Oh, there we go. Okay.
0: By the way, uh, just as a little primer for that, Mm -hmm. every time during the Turning Profit podcast, if you've never heard it before, we. Feature four questions from our land flipping community, Mm -hmm. which can be found at landconquest.com. I don't know if you can see this, but uh, this is kind of um, the branding for our community. And uh, yeah, in there, in the community, we have our land flipping training program, which we give to all of our community members at absolutely no cost. This is a program that I know would cost thousands of dollars if you went to other providers and we give it away to all community members for free. So the community is is an integral part of everything there as well. So we've got lots of great conversations happening from brand new and experienced investors. So each week we cherry pick four questions and answer it on the podcast here. Are you looking for funding for your land flipping deal? Then head on over to partnerwithpeat.com. It's an innovative new funding program where we split the profits with you 50-50, but we take it one step further and we handle every other step of the process in the land flipping business. Yes, that means we handle all the due diligence. If the property needs any value add like clearing brush, perk test, survey, we'll get that paid for up front. Then when the property resells, We split the profits 50-50. There is absolutely no downside for you as an investor. If we lose money, we don't pass that on to you. But when we make money, when we make profit, we split the proceeds 50-50. So as a recap, we handle every part of the process. We split the profits with you 50-50. There's no downside for you as the investor, only upside. So go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and we'll get it checked out within 24 hours.
1: right, okay, and go back. Everyone always, like... The sticking points, like, why do you give away a course that you could sell for thousands of dollars? It's mm. because we can make money other ways. Yes. And if, you know, with the Partner with Pete program, for instance, like we can work together and deal fund and then share the profits. And But the only way that you're going to get good deals is if you have proper training, hence why we give away the best training possible so that you can find the deals and we can partner on them. Or yeah. there's a lot of other ways. So yeah. And we we're have, we have, we have not,
0: mentorship programs as well, our right. uh, kind of flagship one that we have been, uh running is called the gauntlet and it's for those investors that are looking for kind of some extra support in order to get their businesses up and going mm-hmm. so we've had some some really cool experiences with that so far and we we've got another we've got classes starting at the 1st of every month or right around there so if you're interested in that just check out gauntlet.landconquest.com
1: Perfect. Okay. So first question is from Eric. It says reference question. Okay. I just sent out my first batch of mailers and received an email stating, hello, you recently forwarded me an offer for my property. However, I would like to know more about your company and any references you can provide. I was not able to disconcern much from your website. Thank you. Concerned seller. What are some suggestions for a suitable response asking for references?
0: Yeah, so as a as a brand new investor, you can obviously sort of leverage any sort of sort of life experiences you've had, but but for the most part, when you run into sellers like this, uh, you're not going to make them happy. This is probably not going to end up being a good lead. But really, what I would I would be just completely honest with them and say, hey, um, you know, I, we recently started our, our land investment business, and I'm a legitimate person, mm-hmm. and we are doing legitimate business activities. I would love to buy your property. You know, kind of turn the tables on Mm -hmm. them. What can you tell me about it? You know, so you address it, you know, let them know that they're dealing with the real person Mm -hmm. and then turn the tables and kind of asking them about their property. That is how I would handle it.
1: Right. I mean, and if it gets pushed more, you'd say we use escrow companies to close our deals and an attorney, but I exactly what you said. I always felt like that was like a phishing thing. Like mm-hmm. they want information to use against you for something. Like,
0: yeah. It seems a little odd. Yeah. I'd be like,
1: mm, no. And also you're going to be giving out, like, there's a little bit of confidentiality I'd feel for our sellers. I wouldn't be giving out people's information mm-hmm. or, yeah. you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So, so what they're trying to do there is they're basically putting you on defense. And I know right. like you probably feel that you're like, Oh, you know, like, what do I, how yeah. do I respond to this? What you need to do is obviously respond and, and address their question, mm-hmm. but move past it pretty quickly. And if they're not going to move past it pretty quickly, then they're not going to sell to you on. anyways. Like, yeah, so.
1: it's highly unlikely. So, but yeah, I'd give it. Maybe that would be like, "Oh, okay, that sounds good." I just wanted to get a response back from a human and make sure that you were a real person.
0: Yeah, and be okay. upfront with them. People people can obviously appreciate honesty. So
1: right, okay. So Abby asks, "Hey, all, I could use some advice. I've got a few deals going." and have been mailing for a few months now. But my pricing for my blind offers is still off. It seems like the larger counties with a lot of variance in value are my biggest challenge. I still end up too low in the valuable areas and too high in the cheap properties. I'll take any advice that you can offer on improving my blind offers. Thanks.
0: That's one of the the issues with blind the blind offer strategies. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do blind offers, just know from the beginning that you're offer prices are going to be off pretty regularly. And there's no real way to get around that unless you're kind of evaluating all these properties. Now, for instance, you know, there's certain areas which are higher dollar than other areas in a particular county, maybe. But, But even on the same street, you could have three properties that are wildly different values, you know, depending on the characteristics of that property. If it's all wetlands, if it's all forest, if it's all farmland, you know, those are all going to have wildly different values and your offer is going to be off. So what you do in those situations is that you adapt when the lead comes in and you respond accordingly. Say, for instance, you were too low in your offer and someone's like, hey, I want to sell, but your offer is way too low. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I didn't uh, I didn't realize that your property, you know, you looks like you have a pretty premium property. We just kind of base our offer prices off of averages and then just go into it, figure out what their property is actually worth now that you can look it up and you have a real lead and uh, see if you can work out a deal. On the other hand, if you're too high and the property comes back and it's got issues, just communicate that with the, the seller and just say, oh, I didn't realize that your property was, you know, had a considerable slope to it. Obviously, it's not, you know, there's some challenges here for me. As a real estate investor, and you know, I would probably need to be around this price in order to make it work. You know, you just pretty much communicate what the issues are or or what the situation is, and and adapt.
1: And it's not going to be like a shock to them. They know if they're proper. It's like a slope.
0: Mm-hmm. They're yeah. not going to, you know, side mountain. They're yeah, like, they're you know, gonna, I'd love it if the investor paid me this amount. They probably know that that's yeah. not going to happen.
1: So you're not going to be telling them something they don't already know. Uh, uh, the, half the property is underwater.
0: Yeah, the important thing is you're you're starting conversations with. Sellers that want to sell. Exactly.
1: Know? And that's, and that's what, what would a successful real estate investor do?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They wouldn't get petty. They wouldn't get emotional. They would be like, oh, okay, yeah, it sounds like you want to sell. Let's see if we can put a deal together.
0: Yeah. That's so it. your pricing is never going to be perfect. It's not perfect for me.
1: No. And it would be, like you said, You do you really want to be spending? Um, I don't even know what that would be if you're going to be sending out all these offers and going one by one. Even if you did that, you'd have to still send out a photographer to, to really be able. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know it it would be,
0: be yeah. I mean, obviously, you can get very close when you're doing in subdivision type mm-hmm. lots. You know, that's that's kind of um, the exception. You can get pretty close on your blind offers with those. But if you're doing with rural properties, there's so much variance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I would I would kind of abandon this thought that your pricing's got to be really really on because it's right. It just maybe, doesn't happen in my opinion. No, so. maybe
1: focus more on your responses than the.
0: Right. The offers, yeah, how you're going to handle right. each situation.
1: Okay, Sean says partner with Pete minimums. Pete, sorry if this is stated elsewhere, but I've been, I've looked and I can't find it. Is there a a minimum value, market value, profit, purchase price, parcel size, or anything in order to partner with Pete?
0: Okay, so the, the main thing that we look for is that we are looking for deals where each partner is going to make a projected profit of at least ten thousand dollars. So, you know, I don't really care what the purchase price is or resale price is, but. We do the math, we have a little, a little calculator that we put the projected numbers into. And if it if each partner will make at least ten thousand dollars, then it's it's something we would consider. The other part of that is that it's not like we're gonna buy a property that's a hundred thousand just to sell it for a hundred and thirty thousand. Mm-hmm. That's that's not enough spread and that's not enough of a safety net there. So we're looking for doubles as well. Meaning if we're gonna buy a property for a hundred thousand dollars, the projected resale should be two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So there's there can be some wiggle room in that sometimes, but those are the general parameters that we're looking for. So I'm not going to buy a property for $100,000 or partner with a property that's $100,000 where we're anticipating it, selling it for 130, even though we might make about $10,000 each or something. That's not enough of a safety net uh, on these deals. It really isn't because, you know, obviously all these properties are so different and it's hard to get the value Exact sometimes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we do get it exact and everything, but you do need to have some downside safety net in order to make this business work, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. So if it's a deal, we'll do it.
0: Right. Yeah. And and as far as lot sizes or anything like that, there's I have no parameters there. I'm Mm -hmm. just kind of looking at the value of these properties.
1: Nita says, uh accuracy of market value market land value in Data Tree. Now that Data Tree is back, yay, I want to ask this important question. How accurate do you consider the market total value on Data Tree? Wouldn't it be better to use this number for some letters? Oh, for offer letters, as it's an individual number for each land. And I'm thinking it's accurate. That would be awesome and save lots of time. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, those numbers are not accurate.
1: <laughs> I know. The whole time I'm reading it, I was like, I mean,
0: like, you know,
1: they're not a, inaccurate. Not inaccurate. inaccurate. It's
0: just, it, it's impossible. It's an automated model that mm-hmm. they're using. They're just using sales records of data, properties that have closed around there, the same size and everything like that. It's kind of what Zillow does, you know, how they get their, their estimates and their automated values. Mm-hmm. And that works when you're in residential subdivisions and and things like that where you have a lot of data but land is completely different so many variances especially when you're you're looking at the rural properties mm-hmm. and uh, you know a lot of times it's going to be off maybe you could experiment with using it and doing a you know low percentage of that market value or whatever but but I could just tell you that, that that's probably not an accurate Pricing in a lot of, in a lot right. of cases. So,
1: so, you're going to be overshooting on some and you're going to undershoot some. So, you might, people might not respond on either of those then.
0: Yeah. I mean, it would be great. If it's like that easy button, you know, to be able to just press mm-hmm. that and, and spit out, you know, like perfect offers mm-hmm. and everything like that. But but it would actually times, be bad. It would be bad. Because yeah. if,
1: if it was that easy, the Everyone whole thing, would do it. yeah. And then mm-hmm. the, co- like, and then, you, you know, even no matter how many more investors come into this, it's not really like there's not a scarcity the country's so big there's so many different areas all that kind of stuff but if it was something where it was that simple i guarantee you Pete and i would be doing every single inch of this planet or this yeah. this earth we would not care about knowing anything about whatever in the middle of wherever yes. you know and there'd be other people like us that would be like we're going you know yeah it would ruin the whole thing
0: mhm yeah unfortunately that is not an easy button mm-hmm. that you should be pressing you know, maybe it's just something to experiment with and see maybe certain areas that will work. I don't know. But I definitely wouldn't rely on that for the actual market value.
1: Right, or maybe so. you'll find a way to use that into your own formula.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah.
1: Well, another successful episode in definitely, the
0: books. Definitely, definitely. Well, yeah, we're we're over a year into this podcast now, Heather, and I'm loving everything about it. And we've got some big plans for 2024 and can't wait to reveal those. Maybe, just maybe, we'll be able to book Yes, like James Clear. James, if you're listening to this.
1: Yeah, I want to talk to you. I've got a lot of questions. Um, Maybe
0: I'll try to DM him.
1: Okay, that sounds good. That sounds a little weird, but okay. (laughs) Okay. Hey, James. Um, (laughs) No, I'm actually going to finish. I'm going to finish the podcast I'm listening to and then I'm going to buy that book. It's very logical and I feel like you can apply it to all different aspects of real estate investing and personal life and And all that fun stuff, so.
0: Well, sounds good. I hope you have an amazing 2024 and we'll see you next week. Bye. All right, bye. Ready to start turning profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.